0: My good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your
1: Service. Manx Radio
0: It's always good to catch up with old friends, even more special if they've been away for around 30 years. Welcoming back people who had a strong connection with the island in the 1990s is what we're doing on the programme this morning. But first, let's have some music. And this is the hymn that began a very special service in a Ramsey church last Sunday morning. Lord, for the years your love has kept and guided, urged and inspired us, cheered us on our way. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. for the years, sung there by the Huddersfield Choral Society, but sung last Sunday morning by the choir and a huge congregation gathered in St. Paul's Church in Ramsey to celebrate the life and work of the Church over the past 200 years. The service was led by the lord bishop bishop peter and drew together members of churches of other denominations and faiths in ramsey and the north together with representatives of the community and members of the methodist and united Reformed church alliance who normally worship each week in saint paul's hall but two vicars whose priestly ministry included years spent in saint paul's came back to ramsey specially to take part in the celebrations And we're going to catch up with them both. A little later in the programme, I'll be talking to Reverend Peter Robinson and his wife, Rosie. Peter was vicar of St. Paul's from 1992 to 1999. Before Peter, St. Paul's was in the care of Reverend Canon David Foster. I began by asking David when he and his wife, Gerry came to St. Paul's
2: we came in 1987 and we left in 1991, so only four years, but it it seemed like half a lifetime in the good sense in in those years.
3: It
0: must have felt quite emotional coming back for for this anniversary service this morning.
2: Uh, It was absolutely fantastic and actually this is our first time back on the island for 12 years I think and we've been meeting up with people, some of them we didn't expect to see here and just rekindles memories and sense of joy and catching up with where people's life story have unfolded since then.
0: Tell me about your life story. What happened after you left St Paul's? Where did you go to then?
2: Well, when I came here, we were early 30s, really. So it was a great time to be here. And we came with two small children, one of whom was born on the island. And we went back to home territory, which was South Buckinghamshire, High Wycombe. And I was part of a training programme there called Chiltern Christian Training Program and then for 10 years I was vicar in one of the churches in High Wycombe. We then went to Manchester and I was involved again in training and um, preparation for ministry and the past years we retired last summer 2021. I had done 40 years since I was ordained and for those past 10 years or so we have been in Norfolk in the Diocese of Norwich, my wife Jerry was ordained a few years after we left here and she's been a vicar in a town called Watton and as Director of ordinance and training again.
0: Well, what an interesting that time that, that you've had. Lovely that, that your wife also went into yes. the ministry. Yeah. And and I'm sure that, that you would have a lot to share and the way that you could support each other. But interesting that your, your calling has been very much into training and formation and that must be very rewarding.
2: It is fantastic. And actually, when, when we first came to the Isle of Man, I did three years in Douglas before we came to Ramsey. And it was just at the time when Bishop Arthur Atwell was setting up the Isle of Man Darts and Training Institutes. And part of my brief and part of what brought me to the island was to be involved with that as well. And so when I was here at St Paul's, I was also doing that. We were, we were training Readers, lay readers in the diocese, and also some ordinands who were ordained here. I think one or two of whom are still here, but it, it really set me up with a with, with a, something in my heart for training and nurture and vocation and development. Yeah.
0: Church, like everything else, is so changing now. You're in retirement, but I'm absolutely sure that you're still very keenly interested in what the church does. What do you see as the, challenge, the real challenges for today's church?
2: Well, I think that the pandemic has actually accelerated and brought to the fore some of the trends which we knew about over previous years. And to an extent, I think it's more important than ever. There, we need, in a sense, a, a beginning again. And I think that that points us to young people and children and to ground and nurture faith amongst young children is really, really significant. For example, I found that when I was working in, in the Diocese of Norwich, I got to know really well people I was working with who were, putting themselves forward for ordained ministry. And I found that of those under 30 who were exploring ordination, every single one of them had had some background as a child, exposure to faith and uh, and rooting in faith as a child. Now, it's not about just about being ordained, but in a sense, I think we need to rekindle that amongst uh, young people. And I think also that while a church like St. Paul's is clearly valued by many people in the community who may only be here at significant life milestones, I think that discipleship, in other words, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ, is absolutely important for for us to explore and to nurture.
0: We are now two or three generations away from those families who had a bedrock of faith. So a lot to pray for, a lot.
2: lot. There
0: is one question that I will get into so much trouble if I don't ask you, and that is, what are your children doing now?
2: (laughs) Well, my son Andy, he works for EDF, which is Energie de France, He's involved down in Gloucester with their nuclear power station programme. We don't really know what he does, but I do know that he's not an engineer. He's not a nuclear engineer, but he's involved with that. Our daughter Naomi lives in Buckinghamshire and she's head of department for uh, religious studies in a school in Oxford. Her husband Sam is director of Youth for Christ in Aylesbury and doing some fantastic stuff there. He's doing master's degree in science and faith along the side. And they have uh, three small children. They're all growing in faith. That's lovely to see. Thank
0: you so much for being here on this very special
2: day. Thank you so much.
0: That was Reverend Canon David Foster, who, with his wife Jerry and two young children, left St Paul's in 1991. The following year, a new appointment was made. In 1992, Reverend Peter Robinson arrived as Vicar of St Paul's with his wife Rosie and their family. I remember interviewing Peter and Rosie not long after they arrived, when their youngest son was just a few months old. Rosie Robinson remembers it too.
4: He'd be three months, about three months old when we came to the island, and he's 31 now.
5: Yeah. What drew you to the island in the first place, Peter? Um, Rosie, uh, we were on holiday and Rosie had seen this job advertised on the Isle of Man and we were in Southern Diocese at the time, Nottinghamshire and I wasn't interested, I thought I'm going on holiday I don't want to, don't want to move house and parish and while we were on holiday, when we were on the beach Rosie sneaked into a travel agent's and came back with a brochure on the Isle of Man and uh, there was the view from the mountain down onto Ramsey and it doesn't sound a very holy experience this, but I thought, ooh, God might be calling me there. I'll have a change of attitude. <laughs> and things led from there, basically. Yeah. That was how it happened, actually.
4: It was the advert, and I'd seen it in the church newspaper. And we had to move on, because your curiosity had come yes. to an end. Yeah. And I saw the advert, and I just thought, that is Peter. I'd never been to the Isle of Man before. I didn't know what it was about. But I thought, that advert is Peter... It's what they're asking
0: for in Peter. To my mind, that is a true leap of faith. You thought that the job fitted Peter. But to say, that's Peter, I don't Mm. care where the place is,
5: Mm. that is a leap of faith. There was actually a bigger leap of faith because uh, Andy, the baby you mentioned, was due to be born the day I came here for interview. So I'd had a brief interview in Manchester where Bishop Noel was then, came across and interviewed and then came across here for an interview. And um, Rosie couldn't come because the baby was due. And Rosie said to me before I came, well, if you think it's going to suit us, say yes, if you're offered it. <laughs> and in fact, that is what happened. Idax said yes. And Rosie hadn't been to the island ever. But it worked out there were very fulfilling years. You know, I've got tremendously happy memories and in a way it's been quite an emotional thing for me coming back today because it's just jogging those memories of wonderful times in this parish. I mean, obviously you have your difficult days like you do in any walk of life, but the general impression here is this was such a positive experience.
0: You are remembered here with great affection. So, has it been an emotional time for you, Rosie?
4: It's been lovely coming back, and I, I think it was really the foundation parish for us. It was. And I, I think really was where I, I enjoyed being here probably the most in making friends, and we got the baby. And it was just a bit of a whirlwind. And it was Peter's first parish and learning. So it was exciting. Lovely people. We've moved so many times now, but we still look back to Ramsey, you know, was the place where we came first.
0: Well, let's talk about those moves on, because you left here 1999. Yeah. And where did you go then, Peter? Went to Cheshire.
5: Chester Diocese, where I had what's called a dual-role post. I was what's called Director of Ordinance for the Diocese and Vicar of the Village. And we were there just for three years. It was the first time the post had been set up that way, and basically it was just too much. Even if you're good at delegating, it was too much. There was too much... And that was agreed with the bishop. He offered me a smaller village to be vicar. And I said, I'm not sure that'll really work. I'd be better being a curate and assistant to a vicar in a parish and holding the diocesan role. But it didn't work out anyway. And we ended up going to Old and Suffolk from there. Which was a very strange place to be. Lovely, lovely place. You know, Benjamin, Britain Country, the Oldborough Music Festival. But a very strange place to live. A lot of second homes, Londoners with second homes.
4: They asked for change and to bring in the young people, but they wanted to maintain the status quo. And so they did not want change. Okay. But Peter, let's go back to that posting that didn't
5: work. It wasn't due to a great row in the parish or anything. It just wasn't the right place to be. And after a period of time, I knew that in my heart, that it wasn't. And you either try and make it work, which some other people would say do, you know, give it five years and see. So I returned to teaching for a while, for two years, yes, in in schools, which after a gap of 20 years of teaching, I had a lot to learn. But that was tough, picking up on that and, and wondering what next with the church. And then the opportunity came to come back to the island. In fact, months before, I'd wondered about returning to ministry, where it might be. And we'd come to meet Bishop Graham Knowles, it was then, And we talked about the possibility of coming to Arbury Parish. And he said, I'm not sure, somebody of your age and energy, that it would be enough for you to tackle. You know, they're they're fairly quiet rural parishes, even though they're active in what they're doing. He said, we're thinking of linking Castletown to them, but that'll take a little while. It was a strange happening, really, because Rosie began to feel we should come back and Rosie had a very strong feeling, didn't you, at that time, and that went and chatted to the vicar where we were, where we were attending church when I was teaching. And we decided to ring the bishop's office to see what was happening. Had Castletown been linked to Arbury and Santon to make a bigger setup? And the bishop then said, How did you know? He said, We've just today had the letter of authorization from the Crown to say this can go ahead. <laughs> so it was the very day, and you know, it, it did back. work out. And yes. very, again, very happy years in Castletown, Arbury, Santon, and then a year, just over a year, as Bishop Robert's chaplain, and not in a parish.
0: Yeah. and then I follow. wanted
5: to return to parish ministry before retirement and I was born in Yorkshire and a post came available in uh, Moulton in North Yorkshire and um, basically that worked out. We went there and had five years, five good years. And you managed yeah. to get yourself in the Hello magazine, didn't you? Yes, I did. Not many vicars can say that. No, they? and uh, current news on the end because McFly were here, weren't they? Phew. Danny Jones, the lead singer... I took his wedding and the rest of McFly were his best men and McBusted, because Busted as well. So I took this wedding in Old Malton Priory with six best men. And Hello Magazine, Central Spread, there I am in the middle, robed up (laughs) taking the service. But the lovely thing about that was it was genuine
4: because the bride was a parishioner she was, and, and her yes. family. Yeah. Her father was the local florist, and so it was yeah. a wonderful display yeah. of flowers through the church. Uh,
0: yeah. Now, after five years back in in Yorkshire, yeah. now in retirement,
5: yeah. and you've gone to Hornsey on Haunsea. the east coast, south of Bridlington, north of Hull. And now you're working together again. Yes, working in the same office, studio, at home, both painting at home.
0: Rosie, on your time here on the island, we remember you as a distinguished artist. Yes. (laughs) And uh, was it the Singer and Friedlander Prize? Yes, I've got
4: three glass bowls. I won it twice and second as well. Painting, textile and another painting. Yes. Is art still very much a part of your life? Yes, uh, very much so. And with the moves and settling in and doing up a house and forming a garden I'm just really beginning to get back into it but I did a master's degree which I finished in 2016 in fine art yes art is my thing
0: was this something Peter
4: that you have always
0: longed to do but never had the time for it or is it a a talent that that you've uncovered
5: I've painted for uh, years when I was here in Rumsey I was painting on days off just quietly getting on with it and not Promoting, or I occasionally had a picture in one of the galleries on the island. Basically, I just found it a really energizing way of creating. Sometimes, when you were tired, doing something creative rekindled an energy. And I loved just shutting myself away when you've been busy with people a lot. I'm that sort of person, just loves time alone as well. And so I've done it for the years and now in retirement I've been let loose, I've got lots of days off and a lovely studio and just loving it, loving it, Um, painting most days. You've brought a beautiful painting that you've done of St Paul's Church,
0: presented it to the church, which is very, very lovely. So, do you work in a companionable silence? Is it nice to have a shared studio?
4: I'm getting used to it. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually been doing a lot of gardening recently. We had a brand new garden from scratch, only a small one. So, we've created like a posh allotment for growing flowers. (laughs) (laughs) The the grass is gone, they're just pathways and and Ponds. ponds ponds and greenhouses. So, it's a sort of a... An environmental garden, but with flowers in. And I was really pleased because our local Hornsey Art Society, I won the cup for flowers, the silver cup for this year's flower presentation and painting. So that was lovely. Have you
5: got a wish list? Have you got any dreams particularly in the future? Or We, we talked a lot before retirement about how we wanted to live. And so we shaped the house. We we're still open to new things, but basically... From our experience of life and life together, how do we want to live? What are these years about? And we're just thriving on that at the moment.
4: There are areas of interest, like the garden, a new garden, our art. Fitness and being well as we enter our 70s next year means a lot. Just being in Hornsey and settled and not moving. We've also become vegan. And we've also become Quakers now, go
5: to Quaker meetings. So that yeah. is quite a lot to be taken on. And it's that living without the role of being vicar, moving to a new area. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but that people do impose certain things on you. They have certain understandings of what a vicar's about. I'd rather be known as Peter than, than the vicar who's called Peter. There's a difference. Yeah, I think we're thriving on just being ourselves within a community. What is it that attracted you to being Quakers rather than finding an Anglican Church where you felt at home? Rosie had started going to Quakers when we were in Moulton. She just felt a call to go to Quakers one Sunday morning. That was nothing against the parish church or anything where I was vicar and and began to feel at home. I for years had appreciated silence. And I just found when I retired and we returned for the island for six months for a summer, we joined Quakers on the island and just really appreciated the space and the quiet, not letting go of the Christian faith, which you can obviously do within Quakers Quakers Christian Foundation. And we found together it's a place that we can, again, be truly ourselves and let go of, for us at this stage of life, the institutional side of the Church of England?
4: I think it's more about being in touch and listening to the spiritual side of us. Some people don't need to make changes in that sense. And it's, I think it's a very individual thing. But I think when you've been in leadership in a place, it's good on retirement to let go of that sense of leadership you know maybe those who haven't had that those roles don't have that need to be walking that pathway mm-hmm. But it's, it's just letting go and, and taking on more rather than the rejection of the past. Mm. Yes, being alive to what today is about.
0: Well, it looks to me as though you are very, very much alive to the present and such a joy to talk to you both. Peter, Rosie, thank you very much indeed for being here and, and for talking. Thank it's been
5: you. great to be back. Thank you. Thank you. What a
4: joy and a blessing. Thank you.
6: Oh, breath of life comes weeping you
0: The London Fox Singers and Oh Breath of Life come sweeping through us. And my thanks to former vicars of St. Paul's in Ramsey, Reverend Canon David Foster and Reverend Peter Robinson and his wife Rosie, who returned to share in the Church's 200th anniversary celebrations last weekend. And it's time now for our regular weekly visit from Ruth Rice. It was following the breakdown of her own mental health that Manx-born Ruth Rice founded Renew Wellbeing, cafe-style safe spaces where everyone is welcomed and gently encouraged to find their own pathway to mental health. Each week, Ruth offers us a letter from her personal alphabet of well-being in the hope that what she's found helpful might be good for us too. Today's letter of the alphabet is P for Paying It Forward.
3: Now, what I'm going to say is not exactly in the pay it forward thing. You know, that's where something's given to you so that you give something to somebody else. Pay it forward. I think God's been paying it forward with me for so long and... Um, I've never ever been able to outgive him and neither will I ever be able to. There's loads of stories of times when God has been so generous to me that it enables me to sort of take some risks and give some stuff away in my own life. One of those times was when I was at a a conference called Fresh Dreams Conference. It's a great leadership conference that I really enjoy. And it was a few years ago and I'd begun to feel like it was time to give up church-based ministry and to set up this charity. But I was really struggling with it because I mean, you know, you get a proper stipend when you're a minister of a church and setting up a charity that doesn't exist yet is a bit of a risk. Anyway, I was wondering how I was going to tell my husband about this. And I was standing at the door saying goodbye to people, hadn't told anyone about it. And a lady came up to me who I've never seen since and said, here's £5,000 for you for this new charity. And no, I hadn't told her. And there was there was it, five grand. And, and it was enough for us to just begin to believe that this was something I needed to do. To be honest, for the next six months, there was not more than five grand in a bank account that was going to have to pay salaries for a charity. But ever since then, every single penny we've ever needed to employ several people and to see 180 centres set up, we've had that given to us. God pays it forward all the time.
0: Thank you, Ruth Rice. And of course, the island is part of the charity Renew Wellbeing that Ruth founded on the basis of that completely unexpected first donation. We've got two renew spaces here. One is in the Methodist Church in Peel, opposite the Centenary Centre in Athol Street, and the other is at the Well Cafe on Broadway here in Douglas. And before we run out of time this morning, let's take a look at our notice board. Churches are offering refreshments during the Manx Grand Prix. And once again, Bride Church Hall, famous for its TTTs, are serving teas today and tomorrow, open on both days from 11am to 5pm. And tomorrow, Bank Holiday Monday, the people of Selby Methodist Church will be serving refreshments at Selby Bridge. Head for the top of St Jude's Road and look out for all the flags. And of course, it's easily accessible even when the roads are closed. On Tuesday, there's a coffee morning in Port Erin Methodist Church on Station Road, open to welcome you in between 10 and half past 11. Also on Tuesday the 30th, there's a warm welcome to Sandygate Chapel. Pop in between 10am and 12 noon and enjoy tea or coffee and homemade cakes. St Thomas's Church here in Douglas, just off the promenade by the Gaiety Theatre, have a concert every Wednesday evening at a quarter to eight, with free admission and refreshments afterwards. And this week, the 31st, the Shenanigans Band, led by Andrew Holmes, will provide the entertainment. Also in St Thomas's on Friday, September the 2nd, there's Coffee and Chat from 10.30am and as it's the first Friday of the month, this will be followed by lunch from noon until half past one, with a warm welcome for everyone. Another church offering Coffee and Chat on a Friday morning is Onken Methodist Church, easy to find on the main road just by the bus stops in both directions. Pop in and enjoy a cuppa and a chat any Friday morning between 10 and half past 11. And something else from Onkin Methodist Church. Next Saturday, the 3rd of September, you're invited to Pointless and Puddings, a fun evening for all ages. It's next Saturday evening in Onkin Methodist Church Hall. Compared by Colin Brown, it starts at 7pm and admission is just £5 for adults and no admission charge for children. The pointless game will be played in teams of six, so you can either come as a team of six or just come along alone or in a group of any size and everyone will be made up into teams of six on the night. To make sure that there are enough puddings to go round, reserve your tickets from Margaret by phoning or texting 251 252 or you can email manxbrowns at gmail.com. Margaret's number again is 251 252. Back now to Thursday when there's a concert in St. Catherine's Church in Port Erin on Thursday evening at a quarter to eight. The Londo Male Voice Choir will entertain you with refreshments in the hall after the concert. Admission is free with a retiring collection if you'd like to make a donation. It's the first Saturday of September next weekend, which means the Glen May Craft Market will be open for business between 11am and 3pm in Glen May Chapel and Community Centre. As usual, it'll be packed with homemade produce and handicrafts by local artists. Entry is free with homemade light lunches available, including those famous bacon baps. Head for Glen May and look out for the bunting and the banners. And what's for lunch on Saturday? Well, if you go along to the Cool Methodist Hall above the Isle of Man Business Park next Saturday, you'll find a delicious two-course homemade meal to enjoy. Served between 12 noon and 2pm, the cost is just £10, raising money for church funds. That's at the Cool Methodist Hall next Saturday the 3rd from noon until 2. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back in the studio tonight from nine with sundown. Easy listening music to round off the weekend. And I'd love you to join me if you can. And do please email me if you've got items for the notice board. Judith Lay at manxradio.com. So till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening. And I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning.